0: Wow, guys, we have been rocked in the Bravo world. It is truly the end of an era. Uh, I'm Emily. Welcome to She Speaks Bravo. And this week, Tom Schwartz and Katie Maloney announced their separation. And I could not be more proud of Katie Tom admitted in his statement that this was Katie's choice. And way to go. Way to go. I mean, like honestly, confession time here. If I had to pick a relationship, a Bravo relationship that I could compare my ex of seven years two, it would be Tom and Katie. <laughs> Obviously not bragging, but yeah, it would be Tom and Katie. Because we both drank way too much, but my ex was definitely worse off in the drinking department, but I definitely wasn't one to talk. Um, I was always angry. I'm sure Tequila Katie, there was probably some other nickname for me back then. And you, you get so deep into a relationship that you just sort of force it to work the only hold on the only difference now that I'm really thinking about it the only difference is I never wanted to get married I wasn't doing that thing that was Katie's downfall really was she she was on this invisible timeline of she's she kept saying I'm pushing 30 and I'm not Engaged. It's very traditional. She was from Utah, so clearly those old traditions were, like, really important to her. But Tom had such a fear of marriage, and they so weren't aligned on that level. And I don't think he ever wanted to get married. I think that, that that's where... You know, I wonder if she hadn't forced him to get married and if she had just let them stay like the way the way Tom Sandoval and Ariana are like if they had just stayed together committed because hi, hi, they got married. And within the first few months of being married, he got blackout drunk and made out with some girl at a party whose friends who was friends with Lala. So clearly even being married didn't keep him committed. So, I don't know what I'm trying to say with that. I just think that uh, it kind of just it proves that getting married doesn't solve all those insecurities. But regardless, they were together for twelve years. It is really hard to get out of a relationship when you've been in it for that long. Your lives are so, like, entangled. Your Their friend group is so entangled, and it's not just separating assets. It's like uh, the whole group has to figure out how they're going to navigate. But honestly, I think they are going to do really well. Tom is not going to be vindictive, and I think they've let enough time pass and Katie realizes, I mean, obviously, I'm just fully speculating. I have no idea. But I think Katie realizes, again, just speculating, that she, she tried her best and Tom just isn't capable of giving her what she wants and deserves. And I'm really proud of her for doing this for herself so that she can be free to flourish and not be this angry resentful woman anymore and she can go be free and happy i keep saying be free but it's it really is a a freeing feeling when you finally let go of of this I don't know exactly how to put it. Like when I finally realized this person that I've been trying to turn into the man I want him to be, when you let that, when you let that go and say it's never going to happen and it's no longer my problem, it's freeing. So Katie can go and be free and Tom Schwartz. I don't even think Tom Schwartz is worried about finding another person. I really think Tom Schwartz can just like, go make out with chicks when he gets drunk, and have friends, and not be committed. I really view Tom as very asexual. I think he loves non-commitment. I think he really doesn't need anything romantic in his life. He doesn't come off that way. He loves Tom Sandoval. And I really think that it's gross, all the jokes people are making about how now him, now Tom Schwartz and Tom Sandoval can get together. I think that's gross. Okay, I'm gonna say that now. Because they're not gay, they're friends. Okay, guys? And it's got homophobic tones when people make that joke. And hey, if they are gay secretly, okay. But Tom Sandoval is with Ariana. I really think it's. I hate that joke. They're not gay. And if they are, okay, like, I just think it's very inappropriate. All right? They're friends. They love being friends. Leave them be. I think Schwartz just loves bro time, he lives for the I understand that cuz I kind of am the same way. I've been single with no interest in being involved romantically for years. Years. I have zero interest. And I understand I don't want it. I don't I don't even want to awaken the beast down there, okay? As soon as I activate her down there, and you know what I mean, ladies. Okay. I become a sexual predator. It's like once she, once she once she is activated, okay? I'm on the prowl. And I'm making phone calls and it's it's a mess. So um I think Schwartz is going to enjoy just bro time, friend time, maybe get drunk and make out with whoever the hell he wants. And Katie's going to enjoy her girls. I'm sure she's going to try and find someone. She's going to want to find a partner. That's her M.O. Um, But now they can go and flourish and be happy. So good for them. But. We have been watching them for nine years. And anyone that's sad, I think it's not, I, I don't think anyone who's sad is sad because they're like, oh my God, they were so good together. I think I get the sadness. I'm not sad. I'm purely happy. I'm so proud of them. I'm proud of Katie because as Tom Schwartz said, it was Katie's decision. Um, And I think the only reason Schwartz didn't, make that decision is because Schwartz can't make decisions. That's his flaw. But I think that, um, if you're sad, it's because when you think of that much time coming to an end, it's heavy. It's like, wow, all of that time is over. All of that time is now just, what do you do with it? Where does it go? Just into memories. And now you move on. And that's what's weird about relationships. That's that weird realization and reality of relationships that you can spend all this time and put in all this effort and all this work, and then they're just done. And you take your lessons and you move along. And that's bizarre. It's really bizarre, isn't it? So, we wish them well over here at She Speaks Bravo. We wish them very well. Wow. Okay. Let's get into the shows. There was no Summer House this week, so I'm getting off kind of easy. I'm first going to recap... Salt Lake City, because I just want to get this season over with. I hated this reunion. I hated it. Oh my God, I hated it so much. First of all, I hate this set. I hate whenever, like whenever I see the set, I hate it. I hate the ice thing. It's like the Matterhorn at Disneyland. I know I've already made this joke. I just don't like it. Get me out of here. I hate their outfits. Jen's stupid feather outfit upsets me. Jenny's dumb face. Meredith... In her dumb costume, I just can't stand it. Even Lisa, Lisa's pissing me off too. So it starts off, okay, the producer says, you hear him say, okay, we're going to go on break. You are not to hang out together. Why do you think they do that? Because they're filming a reunion. And as they say in the podcast world, save it for the pod. So save it for the show and what does lisa do she immediately says can i talk to you to meredith And so we got this at the end of the last episode, and this is where she goes, I just wanted to say um, that I'm really sorry, and I didn't call you because I just thought maybe it'd be better to say it in person, and I didn't mean to say that about you, and Meredith says, well, you said that about my entire family, and then Lisa panics and said, okay, well, that's because I heard that you said I live in a shitty house, and my renovations were bad, and then and then. Meredith's like, okay, so that's why you, you know, just demolished my character. And okay, okay. And walks away. And so Meredith goes to her trailer and calls Seth. And Seth is giving her advice and says, "Cause I, and I'm bringing this up because he will say something that contradicts this later. And sa- he says, sometimes with second chances, You're giving the person a bullet, and they missed the first time. Okay, remember that, because he's going to contradict himself later. So the men come out, it's now husband time, and Andy does the wraparound, and or the whip around. I think there's an actual term for when he does the thing where he goes around the room and he does a really good job when he goes to John. He goes, so John, we all know it was your big plan to mess up Angie's catering. Why'd you do it? I don't remember what John said. John had some decent response. Um, Andy then is, re- Andy was extra shady with this. With It's funny because this is a new cast So Andy has no concern over pissing them off yet. They're new. It's kind of like how he is with Potomac. He's a little bit more careful now with Potomac, but in the beginning seasons of Potomac, he didn't give a shit about pissing them off. When you watch the first few reunions on Potomac, he is just savage. So he goes to Whitney and he's like, do you feel bad about spending your entire life savings on Wild Rose? Justin's much older than you. How do you feel about spending his retirement? And she says, I am his retirement plan. Pretty decent comeback, to be honest. And then she says that Wild Rose is up 540%. Okay, Queen, I don't mind that. Get it. I mean, it makes sense. She did a really good job promoting it. Um, and Heather, wingman, comes through and says... Yeah. Every time we get it in, it sells right out at Beauty Lab. This isn't surprising. And I guess, you know, we were watching it in its infancy, the rebranding, because we saw literally no rebranding. Did we even see the new logo? We only saw the old one. We only saw Iris and Beau. Actually, did I don't even think we ever saw I might be making that up, so I'm not going to keep going. But I swear we didn't even see that new logo. But that's neither here nor there. Who cares? We move to, and I'm gonna I'm gonna harp on this for a second because it's really bugging me. Andy brings up Seth talking about Whitney's cleavage. So Whitney brought this up at the um, after show, and I. I know I talked about this on my podcast, or at least I might have talked about it on Taria's podcast, What Else Is Going On. Um, If you have not listened to that podcast, it's very insightful, very deep, very, very good. Um, I'm actually going to be on it very soon again. Love her. So Andy asks Whitney, he's like, so was it? Funny to you? Did you like the joke? What's up? And she says, which is exactly what she said in the after show. She said, the first couple times it was funny, and then I realized it was becoming a thing. So I think I made my point with the cake. And what she's saying is, I don't, I didn't like it. I didn't want it to be a thing. And when she presented the cake to him, she said, so now you can stop talking about it. This really is misogyny at its best. And a woman couldn't just say, I don't like that. Can you stop that? It makes me uncomfortable. It makes me feel really weird. But she wants to not make it awkward for the man and for the other men who are laughing. So she has to make a funny joke about it so that it doesn't get weird. And then her husband has the nerve to say, I mean, I knew I know where it comes from. You know, it's I knew knew Seth was just kidding. Do you see how fucked up this is? That she, the woman who's the butt of the joke, who it's her own body, and anyone who's about to say, well, what does she do in getting a boob job like that then? She's asking for it. Do you hear that? And there's Meredith laughing. I'm disgusted by this moment. I'm so disgusted by it but we're going to just keep it moving because there's we have more things to talk about. But, ugh. Anyway. Andy then asks Seth, what was your reaction to Lisa's rant? And Seth goes, nobody played hurt more than Meredith Marks did, and I just tried to make a fool of myself to keep it light for her. And then Andy says... Um, I totally get that, but what was your reaction to Lisa saying that Meredith slept with half of New York? And Seth goes, did she mention that I slept with the other half? Slow clap. Well done. Redeemed yourself temporarily. And then he says, here we go. This is where he contradicts himself. He said, it was very disheartening. Friendships go through phases, and I hope they make up. Now, sir, maybe you didn't know, but you were on camera when you were on FaceTime earlier when Meredith was in her trailer. Okay. I think because if you if you follow Seth on Instagram, which I do purely because when I was listening to the podcast SUP, Sexy Unique Podcast, uh, Laura talked about how Seth's Instagram is like all, um, it's kind of like Joe Gorga's. Excuse me, where it's it's like uh, motivational quotes and shit like that. So I think he kind of just likes to say motivationally, inspirationally type of things. So he probably just doesn't even know what he's saying half the time. Um, Andy looks to John and asks John about Lisa's hot mic moment. And my God, this man really knows how to he knows how to respond, I tell you. He says that Lisa feels terrible and wouldn't want to say that about anyone on that stage. Damn, boy. He just... Okay. Then they cut to Dewey. And they. I'm not even going to get into much of what this tool of a human being talked about. Because this... Oh, my God. Oh, hold on. I got to like... Because I, I when I see his stupid face in my mind... He practically admitted that he did this for cameras. He, because at one point, I think Andy says, like, have you been, have you guys talked about this whole sister wives thing before? And he's like, no. Have you thought about it before? No. So you just brought it up for the camera? I, he's disgusting. He says something like, "You guys met our kids. Wouldn't it be great to have more of them running around?" No, it wouldn't. We have an overpopulation problem in this fucking world. Okay, adopt you piece of shit. Ew, I hate him. But then he says he whatever. Like they, I'm not gonna get into more of it. But he goes into how he's now getting help because he is still real. He he blames it all on the fact that they lost, they had the stillborns or they, she had the miscarriage or whatever with the twins. And he's getting help now for his issue with wanting more kids. So coach Shaw interjects and says his bit, he gets on his soapbox and says his bit about how important it is. He's like, let me just, let me just, stand on my soapbox real quick and talk about how important it is therapy you guys therapy is just it's so important especially for black men it's just it's it is a good thing it, it just felt this this whole bit was like what voice is this why are you whispering who are you if for black men especially but then Dewey is like okay, but let me also this was my thing uh, for Asian men too Asian men also we we also don't we also don't go to therapy. he's like, damn it coach this was my thing this was my platform I was gonna say for Asian men therapy is a thing. So then Andy's like okay now that coach is talking how did you find out about the arrest? Here we go. All right. He says, I was with an assistant. This is coach talking. Okay. I was with an assistant. I was dealing with a medical thing and being examined. Within 25 minutes of hanging up with Jen, uh, I got a phone call uh, from Homeland Security. Andy says, were you internally bleeding Coach says, "I um, regretfully and unfortunately have um, experienced rectal bleeding." Now they cut around to everyone's faces, and everyone's face is like, "Um." Now here is. Here's what happens when you say rectal bleeding. You completely cut off the conversation. It's like when I was a manager and someone would call and they thought it would they thought it would deter me but I eventually became pretty skilled at this one. And they would call and say I have explosive diarrhea. And at first, when I was new to managing, I would say, um, I would be like, oh, my God, okay. And I would just hang up. But then eventually I got good at it and would say, oh, no, for how long? Okay, so it's passing. Okay, so what time do you think you'll come in? Nothing would scare me off. But you see, when you say rectal bleeding, you think it has the same effect. Okay? So, this timeline and this and this terminology is very carefully crafted. He's at the hospital with rectal bleeding. His assistant calls to tell Jen about the bleeding. They hang up. 25 minutes later, Coach gets the call from Homeland Security. And okay, I guess this adds up because by then, Jen was gone from beauty lab and would have maybe by then been apprehended. Maybe just the most coincidental thing. What are the odds in the world? Very similar to... The odds of Tom rolling his car and then also Erica's son rolling his car. You know, the luck of these housewives, I tell you. Just what are the odds? They cut now to the scene of the women at the dinner after the arrest where they're all sitting around You know, it's the dinner where Lisa's like, I just don't think she's who we think she is. And Meredith going, she's not. And Coach is sad and Jen is sad. And I guess it makes sense to be sad. Watching that, if, you know, you are innocent, it makes sense to be sad. And look, let me say something. We have a very big problem in this country. Of convicting innocent people. It is truly a crime in and of itself. It is a rampant problem. If you follow Jason Flom, I believe you, or Flom, F as in Frank, L O M as in Mary, the Innocence Project, there are so many advocacy groups out there that fight to get people out of prison who are serving life sentences. Some people are sentenced to death. Some people are actually killed for crimes they didn't commit. So, this does happen. Absolutely does happen. And I really am fearful because Jen is so adamant that she is innocent. I really am fearful that she didn't know. And her being an absolute asshole doesn't make her guilty of the things she is being accused of. However, so many lies, so many lies, and we're gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep uh, as the as this reunion goes on. Hi, but I just had to say that. In the very next breath, Andy asks one of the fucking rudest questions. Have you two had crises of infidelity in your marriage? That's just rude. Honestly, it's, you know what? It's none of your fucking business. This is just rude. Don't ask any marriage about this. Okay? It's none of anyone's business. They're still together. They dealt with it. If they needed to, okay? It doesn't matter. Everyone just wants to bust these things. Like it's any of your business. They decided to stay together, and that's all you need to know. Okay? Viewer question comes in, and Andy reads it, which is why is Sharif not getting the same heat as Erica Jane? Did he not wonder where the money came from? And then here we go. Sharif said she's worked her whole life. Basically, it's been amassed over the years. And Andy's like, "Well, no one understand what uh, no one understands what Jen does. Do you know what she does? Coach says, she does fashion, she does beauty. What she did before that? I can't even begin to elaborate on that because it deals with her case. but did I understand it? I did. Now, that is the weirdest question or weirdest answer ever. What? What? Huh? And now we get into like a really annoying part. Now, Jen tells Whitney she was hurt by her speculating on what she did. I have busted my ass from zero. And we have never sat down and discussed my business. And then Andy interrupts. And he's like, yeah, but you're being charged with fraud and money laundering. And then Jen, and you're innocent until proven guilty. And just because I'm charged, she puts a blanket statement out? I can't. She's just fucking answering. She's just explaining the indictment. It's like she wants everyone... She wanted everyone to blindly just defend her. When... Jen, like, you were on very rocky ground. Very shaky ground, excuse me, with the whole group at this point. Like, do you remember last season? Do you remember the reunion? It's it's not like you guys were all pretty solid. You'd been rebuilding at this point. Do you remember how you treated them in Vegas? Was that Vegas? It was Vegas, I think. Do you remember that? So they were all supposed to just assume and blindly follow you that, oh, no, no, she's, she's innocent. Nothing shady over there. You know, like, Jesus. Then they talk about Justin's lawsuit. They do bring up you know cuz i think jen's like what about i don't i don't know if jen did but andy at least says like there's a lawsuit against justin whitney's husband's company for being a pyramid scheme and he's like yeah it's still out there and this company's fighting it and then jen goes actually i would like to add to that and she you can tell she was like hmm what can i why is it that jen the brown girl and her black husband how do they get all their money it must be through something illegal my husband He has three degrees. My husband, he was an attorney for 15 years. My husband, he was a certified NFL agent. Seth, you know how much they make, right? Seth goes, yeah, I wish I was one. I didn't know Sharif was an attorney for 15 years. And I just would like to point out, not all attorneys make a ton of money. Like, we didn't know that. And also, I also didn't realize that her that Sharif was like a major coach. And I also didn't like look up what they make either for like a D one Rose bowl coach or whatever, like regardless of what she's saying coach makes like the money she's spending. She was talking about how movers came to her closet and said, I've never seen someone with this much shit. You know, she's like, we're talking Lisa Vanderpump money. You know? Andy asks John at this point if he was surprised that Lisa needed time after Jen's arrest to, like, take some space. And John was like, I was in the car for the fight that they had after the Fresh Wolf photo shoot. But, like, apparently... Lisa and Jen have had a bunch of fights where they've been, like, screaming at each other. Because, like, Jen's like, oh, like, you haven't screamed at me before. And that's and John was like, yeah, like, they've both, they're a bunch of firecrackers or some shit that he says. And I was like, ooh, wish we could have seen more of that. Lisa is um, definitely too careful on camera. So that's why when she had her big explosive meltdown, it was so good. Sharif was also very surprised that Lisa wasn't the first friend to come through and that Heather coming through first made him cry. And Heather, of course, like, loves that. I guess I didn't realize this, but Jen is facing potentially 50 years. 50 Jesus, 50. No wonder people are pleading out. That's crazy. So, okay, they go on break. And once again, while they were on break, Lisa, off camera, trying to at least, goes and does a little sneaky little powwow. And she's trying just to have this little moment with Heather but heather she's like squeezed in between heather and whitney and she's like trying to hug heather and i all i can do is watch whitney because whitney's like do i get a hug do like hi am i do i get a hug and lisa's kind of ignoring her and whitney can i do i i mean i i put hello do i okay thank you come on i'm going to tell you right now production hates lisa they fucking hate it like they it's it these are the things that make producers crazy. Like, we have specifically said not to do this shit. And so Andy's like, oh, so this, you know, you guys had this little kumbaya moment. What was that about? And Lisa's is like, we ended the season great. We had a lot of fun in Zion's with an S. And we just like haven't gotten to know each other. And Heather's like, look, you know, I thought she was going to come in with her hat in her hand, but she just kept doing her daily affirmations of how she's always right. But she just wants to be, I just want to be in the ugly with you. And then she says, Lisa is the reason I am on this couch. And then Meredith is like, well, so am I. And then Heather's like, yes, Meredith, too. Well, at first, Lisa's the only one who claimed me what is happening what are we talking about what are we talking about this is so weird heather's like you know i'll never forget it because like we used to all do sundance together and so i'm like wait so you guys knew each other why didn't so lisa you knew heather Uh, i like this cast is so bizarre So then Andy goes, I think, because it's so Andy, he goes, I think I might have even seen a little thawing between Meredith and Lisa. And then Heather and um, Jen make a joke like, I don't know, It it took Meredith like a year to get over Jen linking a tweet. So she holds grudges. And then Meredith says the most healthy and amazing line. She says, "I actually don't hold grudges. I establish boundaries based on behaviors to protect myself. Queen. She is our boundaries queen. We stand that line, okay? I'm gonna I'm memorizing it to impress my therapist. All right, so back to Jen. Her version of her arrest is ridiculous. She's like, she's like, so I'm driving in my my assistant's taking me to the hospital to, you know, take care of Sharice rectal bleeding. And the this, you know, Homeland Security pulls me over. They don't tell me I'm under arrest. They just say, Hey, we just want to go talk to you. So I'm like, okay. And then we go to the court. They still haven't told me I'm under arrest. And they're like, just go into this courtroom here. And then they're like, the judge is going to just talk to you. And Andy's like, so have they not told you you're under arrest? Have you not asked for a lawyer? Like, what are you doing? And she's like, okay, yeah. At that, at that point, they're like, okay, yeah, you're under arrest. None of that is how they would do it. Because you're not going to fuck up a case by not following exactly to the letter all protocol. Okay, okay. You're pulling a bitch out of the car and you're reading her Miranda rights, right? 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 Okay, so just Jen. Yeah. Yeah. Andy also does ask why, why did Jen give them the footage from her, the ring footage, you know, like the doorbell ring footage of her kids getting arrested And she and the reason I'm specifically saying this is because she says, um, you know, I just wanted people to see that it doesn't matter if you live in a gated community, that this is how they treat people. However, we no one knows if this happened. This could have also happened to Stewart's family or any of the other families that were arrested. And I have a feeling it did. Uh, not because this doesn't happen, clearly, if you if you follow me on Instagram, if you listen to this podcast, I understand that Black people in particular are absolutely mistreated and it is an injustice the way police treat them, but I feel that Jen u- uses, misuses um, her POC, status if that's the right terminology it's not but very conveniently it's like she sits there and thinks about when's a good time to use it but then she doesn't bring it up or she doesn't defend and I hate to say it because Jenny is such a problematic person but she doesn't defend Mary she doesn't defend Jenny she doesn't defend anyone in the moment so it's only conveniently brought up when she needs to either shut down a conversation or obtain some sympathy. So moving on from that, um, then we get to the Stewart business where she's, you know, not claiming Stewart. Stewart was not her business partner partner conveniently in these businesses that are under investigation. Are we buying that? is that just very very convenient is it possible that she was generating leads but didn't realize that this was the way they were using these leads is that possible i don't know it it could be i really am fearful of innocent people being sentenced it 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 happens all the time um at this point, though, Jen says, has anyone spoken to Stuart? And uh, Heather said, I called him the d- after the arrest, but I haven't heard from him. And Lisa said, I called him too. And then Jen, under her breath, is like, I'm sure you did. Just like you tried to call my former person. I'm like, what does that mean? Who... And then Andy goes, how did it feel watching the women discuss how you pay for your lifestyle? And Jen said, this pissed me off. Jen said that Lisa told her that everyone was talking about her questionable uh, spending and money. And now no one admits it. Everyone's like, I, I, I never asked. is I, 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 like, I never, I, I don't count anyone's money. What are you guys talking about? You all did. All of you. It's ridiculous how afraid they are of her now. Very frustrating. And then Andy asks, Lisa, like, so what was your motive in telling Jen that? And Lisa's like, they were just saying something doesn't add up. And I was like, okay, it doesn't add up. And Whitney... Is like, I just never had a friend at your level spend money like you do. And Jen's like, what does that even mean? I don't, like, how do I spend money? And Andy says, well, in your audition tape, you said you spend $50,000 a month. And then they cut to her audition tape where she has no eyebrows, which was hilarious. And it's her and Sharif bragging like crazy about the the way Jen spends money. Sharif is like a different person in this. He is like flashy and like dollar dollar bills. My wife spends all this money as we get on the private jet. She's got 17 bags. Like, whoa, damning evidence, I tell you. And let's not forget, they've subpoenaed uncut footage, all the stuff from the show. And Jen has put a statement out uh, or submitted it to court saying, Like, uh, the the show perpetuates a false reality of, like, fake spending, etc., which would then negate everything we've seen on the show from Jen. So it's like, are you faking all this? Are you pretending you have all this money just for the cameras? Because, whew, that's some juicy information. Either way, if it's true or not true, you would say that or not say... So you would lie to the court, or is it true that you've been lying to us? (laughs) Oh, it's so good. It's all so good. <sighs> when they come back from that, Andy goes, That seems like a lot to me, $50,000 a month. And Jen stares for a minute and then just shrugs. Oof. So this is the bit where Jen goes on her, I can't believe you guys didn't believe I was innocent right from the start bit. You know, maybe we aren't good friends, like when their track record is horrible. At that point, Jen, we watched you like nearly physically assault them in Vegas and get in their face and scream and then at the reunion call them racist and horrible and they were you guys were just starting to rebuild your friendship when you were arrested uh so and then jen she's like pulling anything she can she's mad about the sugar daddy joke whitney made uh then she's mad about how they're saying jen had been horrible to her earlier in the reunion and, and, and Heather, Heather is doing a pretty good job of standing her ground and checking Jen. But then Jen pulls very manipulative. Can I talk, please? Which you've been talking this whole time. And, and then she spins it around so many times. Andy is lost and it's not even possible to keep track of it, which is where I'm just like, I want this reunion to end. Put me out of my misery She ends up mad at Heather, and we're all confused. Something like, "Well, why does it keep coming up?" What? We're at a reunion. What do you like? What comes up? And Heather goes, "Well, ask Andy. Andy brought it up." Andy's like, "What?" Andy even he makes a face, like, "I don't know." Andy cuts over to Lisa because at this point he's like abandoning this train wreck. He's like, "Okay, hold on," and he cuts to Lisa and says. Lisa, you really seem to distance yourself uh, From Jen right after the arrest And of course Lisa's like, I didn't distance myself And Jen Jen just directs her Every every bit of anger that was at Heather She's like, now it's Lisa's turn She's like, yes you did And Lisa's like, no I didn't And she's like, be quiet And Lisa goes, I'm not going to be quiet I didn't distance myself, yes you did No I didn't, yes you did <laughs> Oh my god and Andy goes, "You called all all your lawyers," and Lisa goes, "I called them because I wanted to know if there was anything on the docket." On the docket, Heather, I'm on the docket. What's the docket? Some legal register? There is there's a docket. I I I I thought I was crazy. I'm like, I've heard of a docket. Granted, I've never looked at a docket, but I I then Googled docket. Speaking of Google. <laughs> Lisa goes, Google it before you judge. And then and then Jen goes, you Google it. And Lisa goes, I've told you what the docket is. Bitch, don't talk to me about the docket. I know what it is. Well, then don't come so hard. What are you even talking about, docket? Don't call me a bitch. Bitch, does that make you feel good? It does, because you're a bitch. Okay, just pile on. I can yell just as loud as you. I can poke just as far as you. I can do this just as much as you. Oh, I see what you're doing here. Well, I can, you're turning the narrative. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do the whole dialogue because it was so funny. <laughs> okay, wait, I'm going to do it again. 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 <laughs> okay. Um, Okay, you called all your lawyers. I called them because I wanted to know if there was anything on the docket. The docket the, was there like a like a legal register. I Google it before you judge. You Google it. I've told you what the docket is. Bitch, don't talk to me about the docket. I know what it is. Well, then don't come so hard. What are you even talking about the docket? Don't call me a bitch, bitch. Does that make you feel good? It does, because you're a bitch to everyone here. Okay, just pile on. I can yell just as loud as you. I can poke just as far as you. I can do this just as much as you. Okay, I see what you're doing. Turning the narrative. (laughs) It's just amazing dialogue. It's just fucking fantastic dialogue. Okay, that was the best part of the reunion. Andy goes, Meredith, you really seem pretty quick to judge Jen. And she was. Okay, right away. She's like, I knew it. I knew it. I hired a private investigator and he found out that Jen was, she really did though, guys like, come on now. And Meredith's like, I said innocent until proven guilty a million times. They are literally making it all Lisa's fault. And Jen even is like, yeah, actually like it was pretty sad, Meredith, that you said that, but actually Lisa was the one who made you say it. That's practically what Jen is saying here. So, so I, it's really it's driving me crazy. And then the Uber story, the Uber story, you guys. The Okay, in case you didn't know, on um, Bitch Sesh, they had the guy who was Jen's Uber driver come on their show and tell the story. I think I talked about it here on this podcast. I have such a bad memory, so please forgive me if I repeat things over and over stoner problems and also years of drug abuse problems um the uber story comes up which by the way heather brought up the uber fucking story she did she brought it up but then Andy goes, Lisa, what were you insinuating with that Uber story that Jen was having an affair? I said, Excuse me? Heather brought it up. Why are we all saying everything was Lisa's fault? Oh my God. They reference the podcast like because uh, uh, Jen's like, oh, no, all of it's a lie. I, I I got out of the car. I got out of the Uber because I was going to have Koa pick me up, which is the person that allegedly stole from Heather at Beauty Lab and Laser. And, and Heather said, yes, he's no longer allowed to even be in my presence because he stole from me, which is bullshit. Um And so Meredith is like, well, what about the whole podcast? The guy was on a podcast and what the hell? And Jen just goes, yeah, no lies. She's not red flagged at Louis Vuitton either, even though Meredith says she heard it from someone who works at Louis Vuitton. And then Meredith says that someone in this room told me that you were looking to destroy me. And... Heather says, "Can you please just say the name because it's really pissing me off." And Meredith just stares at her. And this is this is the part of Meredith and the whole no Meredith specifically and the no the cast because they're all holding on to each other's secrets, it's what's very manufactured about the cast. It's like I don't really know how they truly met. I don't really know if they actually know each other like each other. I don't get it. Um and so then Meredith just continues and says, I read things that led me to think that collusion was involved. And I said, that's it. I'm done. What, what are you talking about? What's collusion? M- Meredith, like, right when I think I like her, then she doesn't make sense. And I get confused. And I feel like she's talking in code. And I don't get it. And then Andy says, why did you hire the private investigator? Well, he was actually a cyber specialist. And she said, Heather got the messages too. And Heather calls them the rhyming messages of death. And let me just tell you, when she, when Heather said what the messages were, I said, these are the messages you guys were freaked out about. These are the messages Okay, get ready. Roses are red, violets are blue, season one is over, we all played you. Okay, guys, that's just a really funny prank. Honestly. Like, I would have responded back to that and sent them an equally funny rhyming text message. I don't know what yet. I have to think about it. But I would have been like, oh, this is fun, game on. Like, this is just ridiculously paranoid of Meredith. And then Jen is like, someone get coach, okay, because I'm going to read you guys the text I've been getting because my word isn't good enough. And she starts talking about some horrible messages she got about her sons. Tell your N-word sons that I'm going to skin them and burn them. And Heather is now crying going, no one would ever say that about your sons. What the fuck are you crying about? And then Meredith goes, that's why I dropped it until I read read on in the indictment about encrypted messaging. Okay, but you literally said that basically Jen sent you these messages and it made it seem like these messages were like, I'm going to kill you. And then they then they show some of the messages on the screen? I feel like they showed some examples. I have to go back to my notes. I might have to review that episode and see what they sh- – I swear they showed things on – camera that that proved that because Jen does like a two day like a number 2 or something they showed something that corroborated why it was Jen but now they are washing their hands of ever accusing Jen of this so so then Andy go Andy gets real bold and says do you think do any of you think she's guilty and heather says i don't care <laughs> Well, girl, it's a little... And Lisa answers much better. She says she said she's innocent and I believe her. Much better. Meredith, I have no idea. I hope so. Andy says, well, look, the success rate of uh, the New York, whatever the hell, is 95%. And Jen says that's because people take plea deals and i'm fighting this i am fighting for those who don't have the resources to fight and andy says why do you think they targeted you and she says because meredith called the feds and then she starts laughing which i thought was comedic timing to a t <sighs> all right they do their like final wrap around I can't believe I've talked this long. I just there. OK, we're just going to wrap this up because I need to move on and just be done with this season. Um, Jen Jen's final words were let's just not judge each other. You know, me, too. Like, I will I have to be better about it. Um, they all hear their final thoughts. I'll just say their final takeaways. Heather, we're all human and we can all move on. And Jen, I admire you. OK. Whitney, believe in myself. Meredith, don't let things fester. Lisa, I loved hers. Um, I have a hard time being vulnerable, and I just wasn't raised that way. And I think that because I'm not, people don't see me for who I am and what my heart really is. Amazing. Amazing. And then Jen, she goes, you're stronger than you think you are. And then they eat churros and it's over. Thank God. It's over. It's over, you guys. It's over and we're going to get a whole fucking season where Jen doesn't go to trial. And what's so annoying about this is now we're not even going to be able to ask her any questions about the things we want to know. And they're all going to be tiptoeing around her and afraid of her. And it's going to be frustrating. And I am not looking forward to it. I'm going to take a little break. And when I come back, we are going to do a jersey. Okay, so Bill has just left the table. As predicted, Frank goes after Bill, and Evan is really mad. this this just feels really out of nowhere. Um, Evan is never mad like this, and i I just didn't see the build up to this. So it all feels maybe cuz they're drunk um i mean they are drunk they've been doing shots on shots on shots um joby ugh i don't like him are, he's are his teeth new it's like he only got his upper teeth done he's just so like slimy and and like gossipy and There's just something very, um, what's the word? There's a word I'm looking for. He's just, he's he's doing, he's too excited to see Bill unhappy or to see like Louie dealing with gossip. He's too excited to bring up drama. And Joe Gorga is second on that list um frank does not succeed in getting bill back i really did think bill was going to drop his guard and come back and he didn't which was pretty impressive actually the men can usually squash it um i think bill probably could pick up that they were pretty wasted so that was maybe the smart move because it it was quite clear that they were not planning on uh on dropping it and Louie arrives and immediately says that he's been drinking water all day in preparation I used to do that and right away Teresa calls right when he gets to the table and he answers it was ridiculous and Joe mind you drunk they're all they're all pretty drunk Louie does two shots right when he gets there and didn't didn't Teresa say not to drink Joe brings up the stuff from social media. And the way he does it is by saying, have you had a past? was <laughs> such a weird question. Have you had a past? Have I had a past? We all have a past in a literal sense. And Louis, oh, Louis says, I'm sure every guy at this table has a girl that would say something bad about them. Um yeah, I guess. Frank, definitely. Um Evan, maybe not. But okay, I'll keep going. Tiki, by the way, is leading this. Tiki came on this show, Tiki and Tracy, Rarin to go like real ready um, the physical violence is addressed. That's Tiki's the one bringing that up which this is not um, this is where it gets really delicate on on housewives. Um, this shouldn't be a part of a storyline. For the cameras. And I know that's controversial. We're on a reality show. Should it be brought up on camera? No. I think this should be purely brought up to Teresa and to Louie, sure, off camera. 100%. I think Joe Gorga and Melissa Gorga should talk to Teresa and Louie off camera, completely off camera, and say... This stuff concerns us because we have nieces involved in this and obviously my sister and sister-in-law, respectfully, respectively, whatever that term is, and we want to make sure that we are following up on this. Instead, Tiki Barber, the new cast member, is bringing this up with cameras in their face. And Louis says, "Right, his first response is there's a couple of angry exes, and I heard a rumor that uh, one of them stabbed her husband with a with a butcher knife." (sighs) Uh, okay. And they're like, didn't you propose to her? So we got a lot of problems here. Okay. So the night continues. But the next morning, Joe Gorga and Joe B are hungover. Evan already worked out so he can go suck it. Louis threw up. I respect that. But now they're all sharing the story with the wives. And Marge picks up on it right away. Like, okay, so he told that story to basically discredit her which is bullshit and Jackie's concerned like okay so then we're what just victim blaming but of course Teresa she's mad no one should be no one should be questioning you if this was done now here's where. okay if this was done off the show off camera and Teresa was still mad At anyone questioning. Then I'd be very irritated with her. Because then it's like, come on, girl. They are just genuinely concerned. But she does know how this works. Where if something's brought up on camera, it lives there and it never goes away. And it becomes fodder for the audience. And to be honest, the audience is stupid for the most part. Like when Jackie made that analogy about Gia doing coke in the bathroom... I still will see people in comment sections be like, well, Gia does coke in bathrooms. I'm like, are you kidding? Really? So I get it. Teresa doesn't want it to be brought up on camera, but here we are. And Teresa says, and I quote, I want to protect my love bubble. I when people start giving terms to things, it's concerning. But now we get Bill and Jen talking. Bill Bill's hair, can we fix it? Is Jen is Jen trolling him? Is Jen allowing him to look like this on camera on purpose? It is a mess. Um but but this is a very interesting moment. We really are seeing a turning point in this relationship, honestly. Um she she's like thanks so much for finally standing up for me because you never do. Okay, And he's he's shocked by this. Now, look, when you have built a relationship on a certain dynamic, when you change said dynamic, it's going to shock the other person. And that's a big adjustment. Bill has had it quite easy in this dynamic. And now Jen is changing those parameters and he does not look happy about it. Um, So I'm going to give Bill quite a bit of grace because this is what she set up and he's adjusting, but I'm proud of Jen and I'm all team Jen in this scenario. I'm sure most people are, but I also see, you know, this is new to Bill and she's, she tells him, I would like a life raft from you. She's really upset about him not backing her up at the at their house between her and Melissa, just running off hiding. And she is saying she's never said a bad word about Bill on this show. I mean, maybe I'm forgetting something, but she really hasn't in my in my memory. Always defended Bill. We're literally watching like a deprogramming of her. That's crazy. This is why this season's so amazing. We've we're watching a complete shift in dynamics and years and decades of of change. Wow. Um. Oh, gutted. Dolores's family, her kids come over to to the house, and they're talking about her mom. And oh my god, they show a picture of Frankie hugging Nana. Dolores says Frankie's been rubbing her feet, do, p- praying do, praying the rosary at her feet. Oh, my God. Like, I can't. <laughs> I cannot with this family. I can't. But then we find out that David is not talking to her, but talking to everyone else in the family. I don't understand. Like, what the hell? What story are we missing? Um, In the after show, they still don't really address it. It's just um, they all love David. And Frank says, look, David's just socially awkward, but he's a really good guy. He's just a doctor. He's got great bedside manner. He's just not great as a partner. Being a doctor just comes first. Uh, And there was just they, they won't get into any drama. And so, I mean, they were together for five years. And clearly Dolores ended the relationship and he's not happy about it, but my God, he won't speak to her, but we'll talk to the rest of the family. But she's fine. She's like, as long as he's helping my mom, I don't care. You know? And look, I know that she's borderline QAnon Trump supporter, but I just have to put it, I have to compartmentalize while I watch this show because – I just do. I got to compartmentalize it. Okay. So now Teresa is in her bathroom with Gia and Gabriella. Gia is eating a delicious looking burrito, and Teresa's vanity or bathroom counter, whatever you want to call it, is full of so much product. I have never seen more product in my life. There is foundation uh, upon foundation. Uh, There's been many posts made about it. There's, I I, I couldn't believe it. Truly couldn't believe it. So Teresa's talking to her girls and she's saying, you know, they're all talking about Louie and, you know, you can't go off someone's past. Um, you kind of should, just so we're clear. Like, listen, if someone has, in Teresa's case, been to jail, excuse me, you should look into that. And when you find out why and you get the story, you can say, okay, but if you find out that they have a history of domestic violence, you should look into that and ask them about that. If you see this video of them at a warrior camp, you should ask them, what was this about? You should absolutely use their past if there are signs that there could be potential danger. That's absolutely what you should do. I'm incredibly concerned. We will get further into that later into the episode. Now we get the scene with Melissa and her kids and oh my God, you guys, I've never liked Melissa. I actually think Melissa is worse than Teresa because Melissa doesn't even know she's a bad person, but her daughter or her do- daughter, straight up tells her, like, I can't believe you moved me in the middle of high school and didn't even check in to see if I was going to be okay with that. And I'm not okay with that. And she's like, um, you don't just, this is Melissa. She's like, you don't just like find anybody to buy a house like that. You know, we had to jump on it, which is <laughs> like, why'd you have to sell it? And if you, was it an, if it was an emergency, then you really should have been extra sensitive and been like, we're so sorry, we need to sell this house for whatever reasons there are. And I hope you're going to be okay and be sensitive. And then it also turns out that uh she was injured. I think this happened last year even. She was injured and she's still not recovered and she doesn't want to she doesn't want to tumble, which in the grand scheme of life is nothing. You know, cheer ends at best at college. Like at the end of college. Once we just finished watching Cheer Nation or whatever that sh- cheer, whatever that show was on Netflix, we just When college is over, cheer is over. It's not like you have a career for the rest of your life unless you're going to be a coach. Um, So, okay, she's injured. She doesn't want to cheer anymore. That's fine. She can find a million other cool things that she is interested in. Okay? Like, duh. But Melissa's being so insensitive. She's like, don't say that. Don't say that. She's crying about it. She's like, she's telling me she doesn't want to tumble. This kid makes me cry. For what? I can't. All right, now back to Teresa and the part I'm very concerned with. She's getting ready to go on the date, the... the Car picks her up. She's like, Louis, so good at planning things. I mean, he puts me to shame. So, okay, this man supposedly doesn't, he didn't sign up for this. We keep hearing, he didn't sign up for this. He didn't sign up for this. However, this man coordinated with production to have a car pick Teresa up. He, was, he got the boat. He got the saxophone player. He had a fucking scroll. Production set this up. Okay, he has a relationship with production to set this up. Let me tell you who didn't quote sign up for this. David, aka Dolores's ghost of a of a boyfriend, ex-boyfriend now. That is not signing up for it. Okay? But Louie is. So, I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to hear this bullshit any more about him not signing up for it. Okay, that's my, that's my snarky side. My serious side is I am really fucking scared for Teresa because I don't think he's trying to get her money. It's not like a Brooks scenario. I really am afraid that he is showing c- classic textbook signs of an abuser. This is love bombing one oh one. This boat ride and the scroll is too much. It's not just cheesy and a little intense, it's like fuck 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 fuck. They're already they've already bought a house. They're moving so fast. He doesn't want to prenup because it would it would, you know mean he doesn't mean it would mean he plans on never he never plans on leaving her so why would they need a prenup it's impractical and it's it's just it's really fucking scary because he looks we've already seen the way he snapped at Margaret even on your best day you don't intimidate me huh what does that mean? She's not trying to intimidate you. Why did you inter why do you interpret her as trying to intimidate you? That's not what she's doing. She's actually just asking a question. Okay, see? And then she'll if I don't leave, she'll never learn. And I know some people are like, well, but he's trying to teach her. Well, see, we also don't realize, as a society, sometimes that certain behavior is so um, excuse. Like we don't, we don't even realize that we've adopted very unhealthy uh, boundaries, unhealthy th- uh, thought processes. I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to find the words for it. I'm sure it'll come to me later when I'm editing this, but uh, yeah. So, what he's doing here and in general is love bombing. And it will turn into controlling behavior, which we're already seeing, where she's control everyone. No one's allowed to talk about him. No one's allowed to question him. And this is a very dangerous environment, a.k.a. being on a television show, for that, for those rules to be in place, you know, it's a very dangerous scenario because he's going to be questioned by the viewers. It's, this is very Vicki Brooks, you know, remember how she was. It's, I'm just worried. We're going to start, wa- we're going to start seeing him do things and not be able to say anything. And if we question it, it's going to be a big old problem. And I'm really tired of people saying like, "Well, the ki- the girls like him. They're they kids. They're kids with their dad as an example." Joe Judice is a mean person. He's a mean, abusive person. The way he treated their mom. If that's their example, he would call he would call Melania fat. She had to tell him to stop calling her fat. So, I'm I'm done hearing it. They're children. Okay, that's enough of that. Let's go to a lighter topic: the spa. Oh my god, they had a they had a spread of food there that looked so good. There was cheese, charcuterie. Give it to me. Teresa arrives and Margaret is ready to go for it. Like, she's like, we're going to talk about it. You better believe I'm going to talk about it. Tracy's coming in hot, too. Tracy and Tiki, man, they, like, they are not waiting around. And I guess, you know, honestly, here's the thing. I guess if you're going to come on this show, you can expect to be a one-hit wonder. You're going to come on the show. Teresa will kick you right off. And at least you made a splash. Because Teresa wants everyone to come on the show and shut up. And Jackie decided not to do that, and she's still there, so you, it's a, it's a crapshoot. Come on the show, don't shut your mouth, and you either stick around because Bravo's like, look, we like it, or they're like, ah, eh, too much, but at least you made an interesting season. So maybe I don't hate it, even though I hate it. You know what I mean? So... Tracy's just like I don't know Teresa maybe he should talk about it (laughs) just doesn't even care and Teresa's just blank staring like can how why are you even talking to me Dolores comes and she's just you know her mom is not okay she's not talking to David they're all surprised but they go and they get their treatments three of them go Teresa Dolores and I think Jackie Melissa's body, I just need to pause for a second. Just give me like a special. What does she eat? What's her workout? I just need to understand because this is why she's still on this show. I'm telling you. The gays at Bravo are just obsessed with it. Her body, that is. So now Melissa starts talking about Antonia not wanting to work out and being depressed. Tell me why... Tell me why. Tell me why. They accused Jen of throwing her mom under the bus when Melissa is using her daughter's depression as a storyline. To me, that's even worse than Jen talking about her mom and dad. And her dad was living with her. Her dad was in the house and they film in their house. So I don't understand how that is any different, if not worse than what Jen was doing. And Marge is sitting there listening. Marge Marge accused Jen of throwing her mom under the bus too. This whole cast is a bunch of hypocrites. And in in one of the preview scenes, for next week, Jen says that. She says, we're all a bunch of hypocrites. And that is true. They are. So they they switch. Now the, the three girls that were getting treatments come out and they're dipping their feet in the water and the other three go get treatments. And uh, Jackie goes, what do you guys think of Tracy? And Teresa goes, I think she's a little much. Jackie's like, what? Which makes sense that Jackie would like her very much similar energy. So now it's Jackie, Teresa and Dolores sitting by the pool and Jackie is trying to say, it's, it's interesting because, you know, Marge, uh, I'm sorry, Jackie and Teresa have like two different agendas, right? And so Jackie's trying to get Teresa to understand her side and vice versa. So, Jackie's like, well, Jennifer comes after people hard, and that's not wrong. But then Teresa's not wrong when she says, well, Marge does too. And right at that time, Marge is coming out of her little treatment thing, and Marge is like, well, I wasn't trying to hurt her. I was trying to say she's a hypocrite. And again, they're all hypocrites. And so Dolores tries to, like, sort of play mediator because she had just been at Jen's for that amazing scene. Oh, my God. And she, she tries to tell Marge, like, Jen, Jen is hurt. Like, she never really dealt with it, so she is hurt. Cut two, next. While that's happening, Jen, um, is having a scene. Jen goes in, it because she's uninvited to the spa thing. She has a scene with her brother, Stephen, the amazing gay musical theater man who we've, we've met before, but I didn't even think like, oh wow, he's the perfect person for Jen right now. Because he's, he's in her family, but he's, you know, he's different than the traditional Turkish family. And they go to a deli and oh my god, I want to go there right now. There were like pastries that look delicious and she orders this like bacon, egg and cheese. Thing. I don't remember, she ordered something that sounded amazing and they're having a really cute little conversation about how he was making out with the guy at Pride and he's like I don't remember just some queen shit you know oh i love it and uh she she tells him that she did she did tell their mom and he's like over the phone she's like yep and apparently, right away, the mom's like, oh, we're going to get Margaret back, revenge. And and of course, now, Stephen is not going to do the old world mindset of Bill is off the hook. You know, what did you do wrong, Jen? It's He's like, it's not okay, just so you know. And it's crazy to think that Jennifer went through this All by herself. Ten years ago. All by herself. Not one. She told not one person in her life. Isn't that wild? She just completely absorbed it. That's insane. That's truly crazy to me. Wow. And so here he is asking her, like, Is is she mad at Bill at all? And Jennifer says, no, I'm sure in that like old school mentality, she's like, ah, men do this sometimes. And it's just so perfectly clear that this is truly a cultural thing. And Stephen is just perfect right now. And you realize in this moment that Jen is reopening this wound and processing it in a brand new way and going, hold up. I am mad at you, Bill. I have been raising five children waiting on you hand and foot, ride or die for you. And you did that to me? And you, in this moment, now that it's been brought to light, couldn't even, she's like, that's what I'm more hurt about actually maybe she doesn't say that in this moment but in the preview if you haven't seen this preview scene <coughs> excuse me ooh covid no not not even funny too soon um go to my instagram she speaks bravo which if you didn't know that that would be crazy she speaks bravo on instagram i have it posted there it's a great scene it's between jen and margaret they, they they come together. Margaret truly did not know that Jen never processed this. But she's processing it now. And she says in that scene, she says, I'm more hurt that he didn't have my back when I got in that fight with Melissa. Just ran over to the fence, hiding. It's like, I stood by you, ride or die, and you couldn't even show them, you know what, this is my woman, I have her back no matter what. And then in this scene with Steven, she is comparing herself to her mom, and that's huge. She's like, I think about our parents, and they flash back to how her mom was crying last year, like, You know, your dad isn't so nice after all. Everyone thinks he's so nice, but he's not. And she actually says, I don't want to be married 50 years and waste my life in an unhappy marriage. Oh my God, this is huge. We are watching something so monumental. And Bill must be scared because he's probably been afraid that this could happen. This is just my guess. I'm totally guessing. He's probably so scared cuz he knows he's been getting away with a lot. And there's all these rumors that he's been still having affairs like it's current. So, who knows? But Jen says he's shut down. He's not talking because he's afraid it'll open Pandora's box and they won't like each other in the end. Oof. So heavy. So heavy, but yet I can watch it. It's not like Salt Lake City where I don't understand it. It's like it it's like a topsy turvy ride going nowhere. As where with Jersey, I understand what I'm watching. And <clears throat> I can't wait to see how it ends up. You know what I mean? Oh, it's so good. I mean, I should have, maybe I shouldn't have ended it with Jersey. Maybe I should have ended it with Salt Lake City because somehow this just kind of bummed me out. What a bummer. What a downer. Well, on that note, I guess I'll wrap us up. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week, and I will see you same time, same place. Well, not really, because, you know, what? whatever. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you wouldn't mind, could you do a little rate and review? Maybe even subscribe? All of the above? If not, hey, I get it. No pressure. I'm also on Buy Me A Coffee. Buy Me A Coffee is a great way for content creators to get some monetary support from their followers. And it's just very easy. BuyMeACoffee.com slash SheSpeaksBravo. The link is also in my Instagram bio. And of course, if you're not already, please follow me on Instagram. I'm also on TikTok. Not gonna lie. I just post the exact same stuff on both platforms. So no need to follow both. But um, love you guys. Mean it. And I'll see you next time.